G'day listeners of the Keeper League podcast, Hef here chiming in at the top. I just wanted to say something here um, on the back of last week's call to action and that's just thank you. Uh, Thank you to everyone, not only to those who actually signed up and um, helped support the podcast and, you know, support its longevity into the future, but just people were reaching out and just offering to help out, write articles, um, edit podcasts, uh, mix podcasts, all that sort of stuff just to help uh, help out with a workload and things like that. So, it was just absolutely amazing to see and um, I can't believe the community have actually built doing this and uh, yeah, there's just that many good people out there um, that listen to this podcast and uh, want to support and want to help out and do all those things. So, I just want to say I'm grateful for everyone who actually listens to this podcast. Um, in terms of signups and stuff like that, still got a little ways to go, but um, it's just really heartwarming to know that there's that many people out there that listen to this show, um, want it to continue into the future and uh, yeah, just get enjoyment out of it each week. Uh, it was really humbling and just nice to see. So, just wanted to say um, thank you to everyone who did reach out during the week and uh, yeah, just offer whatever they could to help out and keep this show going on into the future. Um, we're going to get into the show in a second. Our big announcement this week that we're about to uh, talk about on the show, but we do have a live show coming up. Uh, it's going to be in Adelaide on the weekend of Gather Round on the Friday afternoon on April 5th, uh, starting at about 3, 3.30 p.m. for those who are, are in Adelaide so they can kind of finish work a bit early and maybe and get down before the footy starts. But then also if you're in Adelaide celebrating Gather Round and watching a few footy games, uh, it'd be great to see you at the uh, the live show. It's going to be featuring uh, Warney from DT Talk and the traders it's also got uh, uh louis and dos from the pod pod and dc and jake from hat chat as well as uh Kays and myself uh joining in on this live show so it's going to be pretty cool there's going to be some uh cool giveaways and competitions and stuff like that um so yeah if you are in Adelaide on that weekend, it would be great if you could uh, head to the link in the description, uh, grab yourself a ticket, and it would be good to uh, have a beer with you and have a chat and talk about some AFL fantasy uh, during that event. Anyways, let's uh, get into the podcast. This week, we're talking about the Rocks. G'day and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players who will bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and this week I am joined by Tommy Wyman. How are you, mate? Good, thanks. Thanks for having me back. Oh, it's always a pleasure, mate. I had a good uh, off-season so far. Yeah, it's been pretty quiet, which has been really nice because, um, you know, in a couple of months' time, it'll be, you know, hectic, so it's nice. <laughs> quiet season. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's until your local sport. Your local footy really uh, starts kicking in, and that's when you yeah, start yeah, to that's go nuts. Right. Yep, and, uh, you know, Sample starts to kick in, and the, the real stuff, the AFL, so it gets pretty busy, so it's nice yep. to enjoy this sort of uh, little quieter period. 100%. Well, yeah, hopefully. Well, speaking of quieter periods, we're, we're talking about rucks tonight, so it's probably the most least interesting podcast i'm sorry to bring you on for uh, this no, one i right. promise okay. i'll get you on uh, on a more exciting one lately i was actually supposed to have in the defenders but uh louis was supposed to be on this one but we had to swap that one around but that's all right that's all right no problems <laughs> no, that's all right <laughs> um, anyway yep we have, i've let the cat out of the bag we're talking about the defenders tonight uh, but we'll get into a bit of housekeeping uh, before we start i guess so have you seen the ranking season started last week, Tommy? Uh, yes, it's on again. Yes, so it it's is. It's going to be so, great. So, um, we uh, ranked the top 100 defenders yep. last week. How do you reckon you'd go ranking 100 defenders? Um, I reckon I'd 
probably all right at the top end, but then when it starts to get, you know, into some more obscure names, I reckon I'd maybe struggle a little bit. Yeah, it's a bit funny because then it's like, how do you even like compare some of them? Like, yeah, it's like I mean, this guy's yeah, never sure. played a game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy will get you 50 each week. <laughs> like, yeah, who's that's better right. to have type thing. Yeah, so, no, I suppose maybe the midfielders might be a little bit easy, but yeah. defenders, some of them are probably, yeah, pretty out there. We are uh, intending to record the midfielder, uh, midfield rankings this week. Just got to find a time with K's when he's available, but they will definitely be out this week. I actually find the midfields, um, yeah, midfields a lot easier because when you look at mid only, like, so you don't really count like mid defenders, mid forwards in the midfield rankings, only mid only. There's only really like, I think 140 odd to choose from. Yeah. So to get the top 100, it's a bit easier yeah. in that respect. Who would you rank as your number one keeper league midfielder? Putting you on the spot mm. here. So you've got a few. I'll throw some names at you. You've got Tom yeah, Green, okay. Errol yeah. Golden. Um, you've got who else is going up there? Connor Rosie, Zach Butters is going up there. Brayshaw and Sarong. Any of those guys float your boat? I love Errol Goulden personally, yeah, but I also take. really love Tom Green. Um, yeah. I remember yeah, watching both of them as juniors and they're, they're very different players, but yeah. just find so much of the ball and um, yeah, in different ways, but oh, they're going to be so good for, for a long time oh, 100%. now. 100%. Uh, well, probably if they're playing in Victoria, they'd be even bigger. Yeah, true that. Yeah. But anyway, so that's kind of a, a good segue into another uh, great resource we've got going and that's the Mock Draft Simulator. But the midfielder rankings coming out this week, so you make sure you check those out. Sign up as a member to make sure you've got access to them. The uh, Mock Draft Simulator is out at the moment. Errol Golden is a ranked ahead in terms of uh, average draft position than Tom Green. So yeah, okay, that, you're, probably right. the, you're probably on the money then. I think at the moment uh, his average draft position is pick two, and uh, Tom Green's pick three. I reckon. Right. Who's number one? Do you think? Um, Bontempelli. No, Collingwood. Uh, Dacos. Yeah. <laughs> it's a no-brainer. Of course he is. It's a no-brainer. Yeah. Best young player in the uh, in the competition. So, yeah, he's uh, probably rightful that he's a uh, pick one. I think Bont, Bont's a funny one because he's going up and down in the midfielder ranks. Some people like yeah, okay. they are taking, like they just see the highest average of last year, take him really early. Some people are thinking maybe that 117 average is a little bit unsustainable. Yeah, right. Given that, that he had like eight tackles per game or something like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that might be a bit of, and there's talk of them moving different people in and out. So yeah, it's a, it's a bunch of funny one. Yeah, and he's 28 too, which is ancient in keeper league leagues. Not really, but anyway. Um, but the biggest uh, piece of news for the week, Tommy, is we've announced our live show for uh, 2024. You reckon you're, you're going to turn up to that one? Oh, absolutely. I'll be there. It's <laughs> great. So for the listeners out there, it's uh, on the weekend of Gather Round, uh, April 5th at doors open at 2 p.m. We'll probably only get on the stage after about three. That's if there is a stage. Last time I went there wasn't one, but I reckon they could put one in there. Um, so yes, yeah, uh, probably 3.15, 3.30 is probably a more likely start. For those people who are a bit worried that uh, they might not be able to get, a, get out of work in time um, to get there. But the assumption is there's going to be that many people People in Adelaide, anyway, that uh, we've got enough people not working because they're in town for gather round. That people actually turn up to the uh, show. How do you think that theory is going to work out? That's going to be awesome. <laughs> I think the whole week in general is going to be. Uh, it was really big last year, and I think it's just going to go. It's going to double. Um, now the hype around it, everyone realizes what a great weekend it is. Do you know um, how um, Melbourne have their grand final weekend public holiday? We could just have it for gather round. We is need it here. Saying? We need it yeah. here in South Australia for gather round because uh, we've got it until twenty twenty seven. So, like, I'll happily give up Adelaide Cup weekend. I know the K's will kill me for saying that because he works in the racing industry. 
But yeah, I'd happily like, I don't give a shit about Adelaide Cup, but I give a shit about Gather Round. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's got such a good weekend. That one and um, Live Golf as well. Yeah. Um, two of the great weekends, I reckon. Yeah, massive weekends in Adelaide. So if you're coming over for it, make sure you turn up to our live show. Uh, it's at the Elephant British Pub on off Rundle Street. I picked it specifically because it's like halfway between Adelaide Oval and Norwood Oval. So if oh, you're- smart. Ta- yeah, tactical. So if you're, and there's a tram right, tram stop right at the front, yeah, essentially, yeah. on the other side um, that will take us back to uh, the train station, which gets us straight to Adelaide Oval. We'll walk through to there. Um, but then, yeah, if people are going to the North Melbourne uh, versus Brisbane game, which I think is at Norwood Oval after that, you're in within, within walking distance, essentially, to that as well. It's only a probably 15, 20-minute walk to get there, if that. So, um, yeah, that's the, that's the thought process behind it. If you're in Adelaide over that weekend, that's April 5th, uh, head to the uh, link in the description. There's a ticket link there. Buy yourself some tickets. I think we've already sold a fair few already. So, um, yeah, they are selling fast. So, make sure you get in and don't miss out on that. So, probably should explain who's actually going to be on that show as well. So, we've got Warney. Warney from DT Talk slash The Traders. The he's, he's coming over. We've got everyone's favorite, Dossie. Dossie's on board. Dossie's not the, uh, the greatest, uh, doesn't love public speaking. I want to say not the greatest public speaker, but he is the greatest public speaker. Yeah, he is so I was going to say, he might, he might not love it, but he's, he's yeah. pretty good at it. He's, uh, he hates being on stage, but every time he gets up on the stage, he absolutely steals the show. Um, so I'm still trying to coax him into actually doing something a bit more formal, but he's going to be part of it, he said. He's yeah, be he'll, he'll be there. We're going to have uh, DC and Jake from Hat Chat. Uh, myself and Kay's are going to be involved. Louis from the Pod Pod as well is going to be around doing some stuff too. So, And there's going to be, um, oh, I can't announce the next bit. Maybe I'll do it next week. Hopefully it comes through, but there's going to be some uh, cool surprises as well coming through. So you don't want to miss it. Get to the uh, ticket link. I feel like I've talked about it for five minutes already. I'm so excited about it. But um, yeah, gather around Elephant British Pub, April 5th, 3-ish p.m. Grab your tickets now. All right. We are doing the Rucks tonight. Now, we don't talk about rookies on this podcast, Tommy, because you've done your finest work for us on the rookies about three months ago, wasn't it? Yeah, about that, just after the draft. So We yep. talked about 20 or so, 15 or 20 rookies, yeah, I reckon, I around so, about yeah. 15 rookies of the best uh, rookies to take in your draft. So if you're not sure, go to our bonus episodes, check those out. Tommy's on that. We've also got the drafty analysis guide there for members too. But all right, I think we need to stop uh, We need to stop spruiking all of the bonus resources and all the things that we're plugging at the top of the show here. Let's get into some actual players, all right? So this is probably going to be a short, sharp, and shiny episode because we've got rucks and there's not a heap to think think about but first we're talking about some undervalued players that is players that average less than we generally expect last season and whether or mainly the ones that we think are going to bounce back or could bounce back this year first one on the list is Brody Grundy Averaged 75 last season. Tommy, surely he bounces back. He's a lot better than that. I mean, he's still 29. Um, I think he's probably the, well, at least one of the um, the biggest off-season recruits for Sydney and um, uh, across the league, sorry. And, and I think he's going to be awesome for Sydney. I, he, he still offers so much. Um, it's a shame he sort of wasted a year at Melbourne, I think. Um, you know, it didn't really work out that way. But, you know, he's got the runs on the board um, from a fantasy perspective. We know what he can do. You know, I think he averaged about 100, over 100 four seasons in in a row and has averaged over a hundred, I think five times yeah, um, in his like career. That. So yeah. you know, there's no question marks on his on his scoring. Um, I think you know it's going to be you know whether you can stay on the park and and I think um, you've got yourself a pretty pretty awesome value pick. Yeah, 100%. It kind of seems unfair what happened to him last year, doesn't it? Like, yeah. With, like, In hindsight, though, it could have been awesome for him, I think. you know. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't it, know. It, it does feel like he sort of wasted a year. Yeah, like you can't 
drag Max Gorn and give Brody Grundy a, a run at number one ruck. There's just no way you can do that to the captain. And then I think he got injured himself for a bit, didn't he? I can't remember. But I know he's playing the twos in the end. So, a bit unfair. But anyway, he'll bounce back. Just imagine him on that smaller SCG, just getting around the ground, getting oh, to every contest. He's always been able to cover the yeah, ground. Yeah. It's never a problem. It's and gonna it's going to be even easier at the, at the SCG, yeah. just palming it till you know, the likes of Golden and that. It's going to be awesome. 100%. All right, the next one's Braden Priest. Now, I did say these are people that we expect to bounce back. I'm not sure if this guy actually can bounce back but Braden Priest has proven to be an elite scorer when he's fit and firing the problem is he's only fit and firing for about three weeks of each season and then he gets an injury and you know rules him out for the rest can he compete with Briggs or is he just a handcuff option now um, I like to think that they have a bit of a, a battle sort of seems like they've had it for a few years now um, but yeah it's so frustrating because he's probably one of a few frustrating rucks um, because when he does get out there like he said he, he's, he's a good scorer but I'm not sure I think Briggs probably is favoured um, at this point. yeah, after um, last season. Yeah, but so he, he might just have to wait for an injury. I can't see him playing two big men. Um, I, I guess they could, but um, it's it's a frustrating one because when he when he's on, he's, he's so good and his tackling is awesome, um, which always helps it too. So uh, it's frustrating, but yeah, it, it's probably a wait and see to see who gets the, the nod there over him and Briggs. I just did a quick Google to make sure he wasn't still injured, but apparently there was no article about him for the last, you know, uh, last six months. So oh, that's good. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully yeah. he's still fitting. See how long it lasts. That's a, it's always been a problem, yeah. unfortunately. So Braden Priest probably just a handcuff option these days, unfortunately. But um, it kind of makes it easy out without Flynn gone. So if you own Briggs, then you can just pick up Priest in the draft, and you've got your handcuff. Wouldn't be backing him to be fit 100 percent of the time though, as well. Speaking of guys who are battling to be fit, Sam Draper. Yeah, this guy's value, I reckon, three or four years ago, maybe three years ago, probably even two years ago. Was sky high. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Like it was the it was the next best thing. He kicked goal of the year at some stage, didn't he? Looked like the freak yeah, ruckman, yep. can do everything, you know. But then injuries hit, and I don't know. Even when he was fit, though, he just wasn't scoring. Is it? Do you reckon it's just a case of not being fit, or do you think um, we were kind of led on a bit early on in his career? Um, I think it's. I think it is a. Fit, I'd like to hope it's a fitness thing because um, I think he's he's such an exciting player to watch. He offers so much more than just your tap ruckman. Uh, you know, he gets around the ground. He's got ra- great speed, and um, he's a really eye catching player to watch. Um, in a in a in midfield that probably sometimes lacks a little bit of that spark, I think from yeah. Essendon. Um, and you know, so it, they're a different side when he's out there as a number one ruck. But yeah, he's another one that's um, going to be frustrating because the body seems to let him down too often. We'll talk about Goldie. Actually, no, we'll talk about him now. He's in the over 30 section, but uh, Goldstein's come in. Has that, like, do you think that's just like insurance for Draper or do you think they plan on, do you think they've given up and they've just got Goldstein in for a season before someone like maybe Nick Bryan, who we'll talk about also like later? A, yeah, m- maybe a bit of a stopgap type thing to yeah. fill, a, fill a, a spot until Bryan's really ready yeah um, I, I guess I'd with like Phillips to, retiring it was like yeah. they had to get someone yeah in. they probably do need that veteran um, there because you know I mean Draper can't be relied upon with his fitness unfortunately yeah. so I think Goldie will play some games but they'll be hoping Draper's the number one ruck yeah alright so that's all the uh, undervalued uh, ruckmen I've found in the list that weren't uh, superstars already but we'll talk about some breakout contenders now. So Tristan Cherry is the first one we'll talk about. Now, he's apparently broken his face somehow. How do you break your face? I guess it was a training incident, wasn't it? Matt Sim, I think. Yeah. So probably an elbow or something. So he's had a plate inserted. Now, these are a funny injury because like, I think in the past we've seen players come back like two or three weeks 
with this sort of stuff and then some can take longer. So, I guess the good thing is like, I guess it would hurt if you've got a broken face to run, but hopefully it's not too long before he's actually just running and getting his fitness back up as well. Yeah. He could wear one of those um, face masks that they wear in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he could. That would be pretty sick. <laughs> I don't know how that'll go down Bad in the man. NFL. But, but yeah, I let, hopefully he's still able to, you know, k- still keep running and oh, I'm not sure the extent of it, but um, yeah. I don't even think they know the extent of it yet, but um, hopefully he's able to keep his fitness levels up and doesn't, you know, isn't set back for more longer than he needs to be because, um, you know, he's a great option. What do you see him doing this season if, you know, he can get back pretty quickly? Like, we've seen him ruck solo in the past and some of his, like, mm. scoring has been pretty remarkable. And I think even in the first game before he got injured in uh, in 2023, he was on fire in, like, the first quarter and a bit that he played. So, do you think he could be, like, a 90-plus ruckman if he was the number one ruck at mm. North Melbourne? I guess I guess it's in his, his wheelhouse, really. But I think mainly, I think... If I had to guess, probably more of an 80s um, yeah, okay. ruck, but uh, just because I, I wouldn't have the, the trust in him going too big too often. But I mean, he, he probably he, will have two like 20s in there from that's being the thing, injured, like, yeah. or, or even a couple of 50s, and it really like breaks that value right down. Um, but I mean, he can go really big. I think he had a 110 last year, um, which you know shows he can, he can do it, but um, we, he doesn't have the runs on the board, so I, I'd struggle to back him for a 90 average. Oh. Um, but it would be nice, wouldn't it? Playing it safe, Tommy. Yeah, it safe. That's fine. Nah. Straight, that's a straight bat. I think he's got that as a straight bat answer. I think he's got the potential to be a 90 plus, but yeah, the fitness is uh, is the thing that we have to worry about. All right, we'll move on to uh, Tom DeConing. I reckon I've had Tom DeConing on the breakout contenders for about three years. years yeah, running yeah. Now. Um, but he showed he can put up decent scores when he rucked solo last season. Just doesn't happen very often. I think they played 17 games together or something like that, or it was pretty yeah, high okay. I think. so that's pretty high percentage yeah so um, with uh, Pitnet is the player I'm talking to that's just off the top of my head I could be wrong so don't shoot me uh, on that one but um, I guess do Carlton continue playing two rucks Pitnet is the uh, last season I know anyway there was a stat he was the best hits tap, hit outs to advantage ruckman in the competition and Tom yeah. DeConey can go forward yeah I think that's exactly what you've summed yeah. it up there I think yeah. I think they're going to play with two rucks I yeah. mean, it worked pretty well for them last year not every team can pull it off um, but I think they probably can just because DeConning's athleticism means yeah. that he can like he's not just wasted up forward yeah. um, he actually can make an impact up there and now they've got Jack Silvani out um, I think they'll they'll really need another he's a, a marking target at times so I think they'll need that down there so yeah I, ca- I can't see him going with the run one ruck unfortunately I'm just uh, bringing up the mock draft simulator right now if my uh, website would actually load um, hold on where is it up here so I just want to see where he going in terms of uh, if he's like a top 12 ruck to see if he's actually picked up by people. Let's have a look here. So where is he? Tom DeConey. All the way down here. So we've got one, two, three, four, five. He's a long way down. He's about 20. Yeah, 15, yeah. 20. Yeah, 15. So. so he's not being picked up as like your top 12. So you're on field starting ruckman at the moment, which is uh, a bit disappointing, but I understand. But that's the kind of like the fall he's had, I guess, in the last season because it's just there's really no chance he doesn't play without Pitnet. That's the issue. Like if Pitnet was injured or if he was, you know, I don't know how old Pitnet is. I don't think he's that old. Um, if he was retiring or something, you'd, you'd be all over to Koning. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, when he's playing in tandem, he's got an average draft position of 180. So that's pretty low. Um, all right, let's talk about the West Coast ruck department, what's happening there. So they've got Bailey Williams, who was really serviceable last year. I actually watched him and thought, 
like he's going to be their number one ruck. Now, Nick Nat's gone. They've got their future sorted. There was, there was jostling between him and Callum Jamison for a while there, but I thought he won out. And then all of a sudden in the trade period, Matt Flynn decides and confidently decides to join the West Coast Eagles. So he must be thinking he's going to be getting a game each week if he's going to go to a club like that. So, yeah, what do you think's happening there? Like, it seems odd to me, but... Do you think Flynn has the number one role? Yeah, or? it's tricky because he's not Western Australian, so he's not like he's going home. Yeah. Um, is it? I'm not really sure. that They must have sold him the number one ruck role. Otherwise, I'm not sure why you'd do it because there's another guy, Harry Barnett's in the – I think we're going to talk about him later. We are, yeah. Um, but he's in the wings too, and I, I like him as a prospect even though he's a cu- probably a couple of years away. Um, so, I mean, it's a bit of competition for Bailey Williams, but I thought he was probably – he's one of their best last year. Um, yeah, I'm so not I sure where so. he placed in the BNF, but I reckon it would have been quite high. Can either, neither of them can really play forward though either. Like I know they've trialled Flynn up forward at uh, GWS. Williams played back a little bit. Yeah. I, I seem to remember because um, he's really athletic, but, uh, you know, I think Ruck's his spot. Um, so, it's a bit of a strange move, but, uh, you know, whether they go with the two Ruck set up um, – they could, um, but yeah, it, it's, it'd be disappointing for Williams if he sort of gets edged out because I thought he had a really good year last year. Yeah, so do I. So, I oh know it's a strange one for me. It's just going to be like a, a wait and see type scenario, I think, yep. who you pick, but definite handcuff you have to own there and then you probably won't have Harry Barnett for the future as well after that one. So, I think Callum Jamison is probably hating life at the moment though. Yeah, he's, he's playing um, a lot he's of He's a fair way back. <laughs> yeah. Um, another kind of ruck situation is at Port Adelaide where we've got two players vying out for the, uh, the, for the number one job. So we've got Ivan Soldo and Jordan Sweet, the two players we're talking about. Now, I don't know if you saw Louis's tweet today no, um, on Twitter, basically no. saying that Jordan Sweet was the number one ruck. He has been the number one ruck in all the match sim stuff for okay. the last uh, three weeks playing the one side. And when I went out and watched the other week, Ivan Soldo was playing up forward. So I guess a lot of the Twitter's going into meltdown this week saying Jordan Sweet's going to be the number one ruck. This is massive for fantasy because he's 350k or yeah. something like that. So it's a good cheap so option that, that you can that start That sort of around. changes your whole setup, really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can freeze up a heap of coin. I'm here to say, let's just take a step back. I've got a, I've got a bit of a, a theory, I reckon. So, and it's, it's not even a theory. It's what I saw when I was out there a couple weeks ago. Now, I can't speak for what was happening today at training, but a few weeks ago, Mitch Georgiades and Todd Marshall weren't uh, training with the main group. They weren't involved in match simulations. Um, and I suspect because uh, Marshall had hip surgery and Georgiades is coming out from the ACL, he's got a little bit of time still to go before he rejoins the main group. So, what I saw was Jordan Sweet in the number one right role and Ivan Soldo playing in up forward, which is what he did at, at Richmond when um, Nankervis came back last season yep. as well. So he can play up forward a little bit. He was a ruck forward last year in fantasy. My thinking is that with everyone fit at Port Adelaide, so let's assume Georgiades and Marshall are right for round one, I don't think Ivan Soldo is playing that forward role. Therefore, there's probably something going on in the, in the midfield battle for the ruck. Ivan Soldo also uh, had finger surgery a few weeks ago as well. That's not what really what you want as a ruckman either. It's not, but it's it just means he's probably not doing a lot of tap work yeah. at the moment. He's kind of just being a target up forward and sticking one of the hands in the air type thing, trying to take a few chest marks. I don't know. I, I, I'm still kind of... I don't know. It does seem promising for Sweet that he's been doing the number one stuff all preseason, but I'm just saying I think what's more likely is going to happen is they'll play in tandem probably yeah. early on in the season. And it's not going to be great for either of them in terms of fantasy. No, I think that's, that's probably what's going to happen. That might be best for Port, but it's probably, yeah, probably not best for, from a fantasy yeah. perspective because that, that'll obviously hurt each other's scores. The other one, um, Charlie Dixon. So you could say, you know, well, they can play Charlie Dixon up forward. Watching Ooh, him at training yeah. the other, other week, the guy was like, 
he could barely keep up. Like he was so behind the pace with everyone else. Like they did lots of sprints and run through and, and all that. So I know he's a key forward. He's probably never been good at those. But after the uh, after training session, there was a, a, a signing session for the, the kids. I took my son to get Charlie Dixon's autograph because he loves him. And Charlie Dixon, I reckon this was about half an hour after training, was still puffing. Like he still hasn't caught his yeah, breath yet. That's not a good sign. <laughs> so, that's not a good sign. Yeah, it was a stinking hot day. I think it was like 35 degrees, but still, it wasn't yeah. a good sign. So and he's looked borderline cooked for a couple of years can't now. lead or anything yeah. so yeah I don't know um, let's move on to the over 30s anyway we've already talked about it it's Todd Goldstein he just might offer some value this season because the theory out there is Draper is cooked so especially if they've gone to recruiting but it could just be again a backup options because Andrew Phillip is Andrew Phillips not there anymore so that could be it um, I've got three stash options for you and that's about it before we get into the listener questions. We might be lucky to get to half an hour here, Tommy. But So a little, <laughs> little, um, little short one. That's all yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. You got things to do after this? Not really. No, I was going to say we can get to them a lot quicker. But anyway, um, first one is uh, Toby Conway. Um, I used to know a guy with the surname Conway and they used to say there's the right way, there's the wrong way and there's the Toby Conway. But anyway. <laughs> that's good actually. Yeah. I don't want that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, EJ Boone at the end of last season, I think it was uh, around four. 24, I think it was. Um, I think he plays a lot more this season. So, Reece Stanley, the Geelong fans especially, think he's cooked and done. They don't want to see him out in the team, out in the park again. So, it leaves pretty much him and Blitzarves for the number one ruck role. I think Blitzarves offers a lot more to them, um, pretty much playing anywhere but ruck uh, for Geelong. So, everyone's kind of thinking that Toby Conway is the next guy in line. Personally, like, I could see him playing more. I'm just not sure of the fantasy scoring that's going to go with it what are your thoughts with yeah the old Conway, Conway? i mean probably similar um similar sort of perspective from you um only played one game last year so it's not like he's had much of a taste but i didn't realize the numbers there what did he scored i think he scored about he scored 48 okay so yeah. it's not um not beating the um the house down there you got, you got i didn't realize there? oh western bulldogs wasn't it last round yeah so yeah um i didn't realize stanley was 33 so, yeah, it makes sense. Um, uh, and and I I think I'm with you with Blitzarves. I think Geelong probably prefer him to sort of roam and float and be pa- sort of a patch man, so um, fill a need on on the wing or wh- wherever it needs to be. Um, so I can see him going with Conway and then just letting Blitzarves do what he likes and sort of roam. I think Blitzarves would like that as well. Um, but you know. Like you said, whether he scores well or not, not sure. But um, I think, yeah, I think he'll get a crack at least. You know, the, maybe the maybe not the start of the year, um, but I think I can see him playing maybe at least ten games. Yeah, I reckon he, he gets a fair chunk of it. Gets a crack at it this season anyway. Um, all right, this next guy, I think we both love the this next guy we're talking about. And that's Harry Barnett. I remember back to the last year when we we're doing the uh, the draft D podcast, and we were both talking this guy up for his underage career. West Adelaide boy, wasn't he? Yep. Yep, yep that's right. Yep. yep. Drafted to the West Coast Eagles. He was the best um, best Ruckman, fantasy and real world Ruckman of last year's draft, essentially. Um, does seem like he's a long way off playing consistently. Like, I think last year he was like, everyone was injured, but everyone was injured for West Coast and he was the only guy playing in the reserves. Yeah, that's right. Year, so. It was rough because I think, yeah, that's right. He was he, the only was, West Coast AFL listed player. He was the player only AFL listed player. Playing in the reserves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's tough. That's sort of, um, that would have actually hurt, I reckon. Like, yeah, like, he did get mentally. one game in there, I think, as a sub. Yeah, but. yeah, but as a sub, as a ruck, like, what are you going to do? Yeah, you know, exactly. that's pretty That's pretty tough. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm not sure what's going on there, to be honest, because I really like him. Um, that's pretty underdeveloped, to be honest. Like, Yeah, um, I, I think... I think maybe it might be his, his sort of 
rut craft a, a little bit because yeah. he's always been able to take a mark and actually moves around the ground really well. Yeah. Um, so I can't see it really being too much of his endurance. Um, so I, I really don't know what's going on there. Um, but I, I hope he gets a crack soon because he can find the ball around the packs and he's he was probably one of my probably top five favourite players in his draft year. So um, I know there's a few others that probably want him to have a crack, get a crack at it soon. Um, Otherwise, I wouldn't mind him heading back home to the Crows to be honest. So, uh, <laughs> Take yeah. Rob's uh, spot, you reckon? Average 94 in the uh, Sanford under-18s as a ruckman. So, yeah, pretty decent yeah. numbers there. And that was probably in a side with Oscar Steen as well, who's at Collingwood now. Yeah. Um, and he, he's, a, he's a pretty good ruckman as well. So, um, yeah, he, he's, he's yeah. a good scorer, yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, the last one I've got here is Nick Bryan. Um I know it's not good signs, given he's 22 and they've just brought Goldstein in as well. But in terms of his fantasy scoring, he's actually been pretty impressive in games where he's rucked solo. I just don't think... They just, he just really hasn't had the opportunity to do so since uh, playing. But I think there's a time in the future where he could be Essendon's number one ruck. If Goldstein, you assume, is going to retire after this year, or if not the next, but he'll probably break down somewhere in between. And then you've got Draper who can't stay on the park and we're not sure if he's actually good or not. So I think there could be a time when Nick Bryan is actually the number one ruck. So I think he's just probably one to pick with like your last pick of the draft and stash him away for maybe a year or two and see how he goes. So um, yeah, he's the kind of last one on the list that I would like. But apart from that, there's not really a lot of uh, rucks out there to be drafted that aren't already kind of averaging over 80 plus yeah, at the moment. Yeah, that's right. I mean... Yeah, the, I think the risk with Brian is that yeah he might have some good scores, but there's always going to be a twenty or a thirty around the yeah. corner with oh, those yeah. sort of types. Like his so. scores rucking in tandem are awful, but I think he's had like a seventy and something else when he's rucking by himself. Yeah, so. I think he might have had a ninety or, or, yeah. or something like that, and then you know only takes a couple of fifties and it's yeah, yeah brings it back ruins yeah. it. Anyways, uh, we'll get into the listener questions, and I've actually loaded up with a stack of these, knowing that this podcast would be a bit shorter. But I just want to thank some uh, gold members again. There's a lot of familiar names here that I read out this time every year because they're the first ones to sign up but uh thanks to the following thanks to craig cullenfeld thanks to matt tarrant matt graham daryl woodford ben grigg maddie rendell nick mildenhall trent lerizignol rory o'brien who i used to play footy with gay roars and uh james brennan there also so thank you to those gold members we'll read out 10 each week although we're getting a few extras uh in at the moment so might be have to read out a few more each week probably spent the whole podcast reading out gold members should have just knocked them out in this one to fill up the time but anyway <laughs> um let's get into the listener questions now so pack and send sends the first question and this has actually like a chain of uh, questions here because there's a lot of questions about uh, Rolly O'Brien and a few other players. But anyway, Packinson asks, is this the year Rob falls off a cliff? If he does, um, and if he does, does Philthorpe or Strawn get first crack at it? But this leads on to another comment or another question from Jordox 2020 on X. He says, why do I keep hearing on socials and podcasts that Philthorpe could go ahead of Rob this year? As a Crows fan, I don't see it happening. And I don't, didn't hear anything coming out of the club to suggest it. Where's the noise coming from? Uh, RT says, Philthorpe got a taste in 2024 as a solo ruck, but didn't start. Now, I'm pretty sure this stems from last year's Crows podcast that you were on, where we both said we thought Philthorpe would overtake Rob one day. I'm pretty sure the AFL Fantasy community is just echoing that so we're influencers here okay yeah yeah yeah. Um, okay. that that's 12 months ago though so are we both of the same opinion that phil thorpe could overtake rob in the right one day uh one day yes definitely oh, uh yes one day phil thorpe is the um is the the future number one ruck uh but i don't think it'll be this year i i can't see rob falling off a cliff his fitness has never been a problem um and so unless barring a you know 
major injury. Um, I, I don't don't see it happening, to be honest. Um, I know Phil Thorpe's done a lot of work on his, I guess, his aggression more than anything over the preseason. Yeah. Trying to be um, a bit more of that aggressive type because he's got so many good um, attributes athletically. Um, I think he's been trying to um, add a bit of mongrel to his game, yeah. um, which you'd probably need in the ruck. Um, but yeah, I, I, look, I'd love to see it, but I don't think it'll happen this year. And um, But he, he is, however, ahead of Strawn, I would say. I, I I'd say if, if Rob does go down with an injury, um, I think Phil Thorpe gets first crack at it as uh, number one ruck um, ahead of Strawn. Um, but we'll, well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. But um, I, I know that Rob has a, a little or had a little injury. Um, but and, and actually, Phil Thorpe too, they've had little um, sort of niggles throughout the preseason. But I think they're all good now. And um, But yeah, I can't see it happening this year. I think it probably stems from just his junior days though. Like he was yeah. a ruckman as Star a junior. Ruck. Yeah. yeah. So that's probably like why the noise comes about him playing ruck one day. And, yeah, I guess, like, he's being used as a key forward at the moment. But, like, he kind of just doesn't quite look like a key forward either. But then people, like... I, and, I, and I guess I wouldn't judge him because, like, I think Jordox 2020 was saying, like, he was no good in round 24 when he played as a sole ruck. But you've got to give him a run of games if you want to expect anything from there. But, well, before you can make a judgment anyway, yeah, I think. that's right. Not just one game. So, um, but, yeah, apparently star ruck is a junior... So yep. that's why I might think that's sure. where that yep. stems from for me. Um, the Warner Brothers uh, asks, what happens to Ned Moyle? Uh, does he take Wits's spot for a couple of years before getting back in the VFL, getting put back in the VFL by Reed, gets a trade number one ruck gig or a backup forever? I think mm. he could play a bit this year. If Wits, like Wits is 32, 33. Can you Google that for me just to uh, make sure? I could be wrong on that one, but I reckon he's getting- 31. 31, sorry. Yeah, 31. So he's probably got another couple of years. In two years' time, Reed's probably ready to go. So there yeah. could be a chance for Moyle. It's just that Moyle was, Moyle was one of those mid-season draftees, wasn't he? Or am I mistaken? Uh, I think he was, yeah. yeah. I think he was sort of a top-up, yeah. Just um, a, not a yeah, lot of no, those- sorry. A, a, a mid- mid-season. Mid-season, yeah. yeah. Just a, not a lot of those guys actually like- Come on, but he—I know he's super highly rated up yep. there at Gold Coast. Like they do love him as a backup. It's just Wits is like their captain at the moment, isn't he? So yeah, yeah, it's pretty hard to to bring him out of the side. I think you will see him for a year or two, um, and then what happens with Ethan Reed? Who knows? Like yeah. Ethan Reed could take six years to develop. Like if he's eighteen now, he might. Some yeah. of them only come like Tim English probably only came good at around so 24. many of the rucks. Like, you know, twenty four, maybe even later. To yeah. be honest. So yeah, I and then how old Moyle? I didn't even know, but um, yeah, he might be a, a little bit older as well. So, given that he was a mid season draftee, so I assume he was playing in a state league somewhere. Just some of those guys are a bit older. Oh, he's twenty one, Ned Moyle. Twenty one. So yeah, I reckon he might get a few years out of him, and then they'll just battle it out. Then maybe yeah, he gets traded, but I wouldn't think it's happening anytime soon. That's all. Yeah. So I think it's just he'll be around for a while. Um. Minnow you know, 15, uh, what does Cherry average? Uh, I, Tommy said 80. I said 90 if he's fit, so let's go with that. Um, AFL Dream Teamer uh, with so much midfield depth at Sydney and having a smaller home ground. What do you really think Grundy can average? Kind of feels like he doesn't need to play like an extra midfielder like he's done in the past. Well, no. I don't know. Is the, is, the, is the kind of inference here that Sydney's midfield now is stronger than Collingwood's midfield when he was there because I don't know if that's the case. No, really. I wouldn't agree with that. No. Yeah, no, no, neither. So I think like it's pretty similar to what he was averaging at Collingwood if everything goes to plan. And given that it's a smaller ground, like, I reckon he could go 100 plus easy. Well, yeah, like, he exactly. Like he's easy. done it five times. Yeah, why, exactly. why can't he? Yeah, yeah, that's right. But like you said, I don't think does he get to like 110, 120 range? Well, I mean, it's hard to say yeah. no completely. I don't. 
gut feel probably not that yeah. high, but I mean, I feel like it's almost a safe one hundred though. Yeah, I, I think it definitely is a yeah. hundred because yeah. they're, they're yeah. going to play Hayden McLean up forward. He'll do the chopping out. Yep. Um, so there's no real like worry about him having extended ruck time, and that kind of um, leads onto Tom Oates' question, which is next: Will Adams play forward with Grundy on the side, or not at all with the emergency of McLean? With the emergence of McLean, I think it's meant to be. Yeah, I would say that's more likely. Like Laddams doesn't get a gig, um, but the thing is, I reckon Laddams gets a gig if one of those guys goes down. Like oh, he, for sure, he, he's he the plays, next in. Yeah, yep. he plays yep. forward because yep. he can play forward, not well, but he can kind of be a, a focal point like McLean is up yep. there, and he can ruck if Grundy does go down. So I think he is the next in, but um, yeah, he might go and you know Laddams might score okay if Grundy goes down, but if McLean goes down, he probably doesn't. That's probably the way it works out there. Um, and then Michael Belade is asking thoughts on Hayden McLean as a backup ruck or potential forward option. Like, you would just see the same as you saw last season. So, um, I can't really remember what that is, but I think it was only in the 60s or so. So, that's probably what you're going to get. Like, a lot of people think that because people go on the ruck for a little bit, like, they're going to get that little bit of extra mm. bump. But generally, what Not seems to happen is, like, they could have kicked a goal if they were up forward. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. See, like, that's right. You see yeah. a pretty similar thing to what's happening there. Um, all right, at Simon Evans, 76. Uh, thoughts on what Ethan Reed does for Ned Lowe? We already talked about that one, so it's a very similar question. Um, Mum's lasagna. Which young rucks do we think uh, can cement as the number one ruck and potentially solo over the next two or three years? So he's got uh, Conway, Samson Ryan, Ned Reeves, anyone else? We already talked about Harry Barnett. And I think Nick Bryan was the other one also there as well. Um, what's the next one? Uh, Richard Eliades asks, uh, Briggs24, is he going to be one of the best ruckmen over the next five years? What's your gut feel there, Tommy? Um, I'm going to say no, not five, but I think he, he has the potential to be top – Yeah, I think top ten, yeah. Yeah, I think he's going to be uh, – oh, sorry, so the next five years. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, probably. Yes, probably. He does have the potential to be one of the best ruckmen. Um, what he averages, not sure. He's already top five on last year's numbers. Yeah, okay. So, so yeah. I think he's yeah. like ranked four for on last year's numbers. Well, I, I, yeah, it's hard to disagree with it. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, left me uh, grab a drink. <laughs> but anyway, um, now, like when you look at the other ruckmen out there, like, the only one I can see like players that can really like come back and overtake him like if Wits has an injury for a year and you know scores pretty well but there's not like someone like Cherry could pop up or even one yeah. of the sweet and Soldo could but like yeah I think probably not many other up really pushing that, no, that mark no. yeah. so I think he That's does fair. probably remain as one of the top five uh, for the next season I think because with, with next five seasons because with like Gorn's going to be gone probably in that next five years yeah. um how old's uh, how old's Nank as well? I think he's thirty plus now. Nank could be well. gone. Yeah, yeah. Like a few of them might be gone. I think. Yeah. So then we probably will stick around up there. So yeah, definitely. Um, Michael Wiltshire uh, asks: With leagues that don't have free agency and deep benches, who are the relevant handcuff uh, rucks for each team that coaches should be considering in their draft lists? So I've kind of gone through and made mention of it right now. So Strawn for Adelaide. Okay, he's the only one listed as a ruck. But you, we've just kind of said that we think Phil Thorpe probably takes the ruck mantle. So you can't really safely have a handcuff at the cross. No. So that's a tricky one. So And there's a lot of clubs that are like this now. So we'll go through a few more. So Carlton, you've got Tom DeConing and Pitnett. You assume one of those is going to be fit for 24 rounds of the season. So you've got to have those two. But again, they hurt each other when they score. So with Collingwood, Cameron's the number one ruck. Cox will probably be the guy that goes in there if anything happens. But they've got Begg. 
on the bench as well, who, who I think is worth, um, Aiden Begg, is worth picking up if you own those two because there is a chance that he kind of takes over if one of those gets injured. Yep. Um, Probably Steen as well, I think, yeah, is the other one true. up there. Steen might, might emerge. Um, at Essendon, you've got Goldstein, probably number one, but then it's really hard to tell if Draper's going to be fit or if Nick Bryan uh, is going to be the kind of main backup there. Yeah, Essendon's really um, really interesting club when it comes to the Rucks, isn't it? Probably, yeah. probably, I'd say they're most interesting to see how it goes with Draper. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then what else we got here? So we've got Fremantle's easy. You've got Darcy, Jackson. The thing is, in most leagues, though, like they're not handcuffed because you're playing one on the field. Um, and like in our league, the guy who owns Darcy doesn't own Jackson because Jackson was too valuable to pick up at Melbourne. So like, yeah, unless you've kind of been lucky enough to have him when he was at Melbourne yeah. and kept him from now on, you're not going to have those two. So like the handcuff situation, what I'm trying to get out of here, it's really tough. So if you've got Blitzarves, you've got Stanley and Conway, like they're the pr- probably three, but Conway probably gets number one ruck roll. Mm. But then you've probably got to have Stanley and Blitzarves, like because it's hard to tell who they take as their number one ruck if someone's out. Um, Wits and Moyle is pretty easy because I don't think Ethan Reid mm. comes on for a while. So... That's an easy one with a, a clear handcuff. Same with Briggs and Proust at GWS. That's a clear handcuff. Reeves and Meek also at Hawthorne is a pretty clear handcuff, but like neither of those are going to be great scorers. Um, Gorn, there is no other player listed as a ruck at Melbourne um, other than Max Gorn at the moment. Yeah, wow. So it's likely to be Tom Fullerton, and I think last year they put Van, Van Royen um, yeah, up yeah. There, in there a bit, yeah. but they're both listed as forwards. So, again, you're going to have to find a ruck for another team if you want a handcuff there. Well, you're not going to have a handcuff there because you can't get another ruck. Um, North Melbourne, Cherry is now injured, so he might have played. So Coleman Jones, I think, is probably the first guy to go in there. Yep, I agree um, with that. Charlie Combin could, but he's listed as a forward, so that doesn't really help you. Um at uh, Port Adelaide, um, Soldo and Sweet are going to be the two vying it out. I can't really see anyone else going close there. Um, at Richmond, you've got Nan Curvis. But then again, you would have thought Samson Ryan's the clear go-to, but they've picked up Sam Naismith yeah. um, in that time as well. So that's a tricky one. So you're going to have to draft three rucks there if you want a handcuff. Um, St. Kilda, Marshall is obviously the number one ruck. But um, they always talk about Tom Campbell. He's the best VFL ruckman of the last 10 years, probably. Yeah. He just never cracks it. He's actually played 10 years worth of AFL footy yeah, for like he- 15 <laughs> games or something. So that's an interesting one. Um, but then there's Max Heath that they rave about as well. Yep. And yep. He's got, got big raps, I reckon. Exactly. And they've got Jack Hayes up forward. Yep. A good ruck too if anyone's yep. injured, if he's fit. So there's a lot there at St. Kilda. Um, let's go over Sydney. Grundy Laddams, I reckon that's pretty clear. But you've got McLean who could jump into that quite easily mm. as well, but he's on your forward. Flynn Williams, so West Coast, you've actually got a handcuff, but they're both pretty highly touted players, I guess, in terms of rucks. And then um, Western Bulldogs, you got English. The only other ruckman they got on the list is Lockie Smith, who I have no idea about. Yeah, uh, so, uh, he's, he's, he's a, um, a recent draftee, but yeah. I, I think very much a prospect. Yeah, so. so like they're probably more likely to go with Sam Darcy or maybe even Jamara. Yeah, maybe yeah. He can jump if, one of his, if he goes down. So they're yeah. both listed as forwards as well. So, yeah. That might be pretty clear. That yeah. might be more like um, of a incentive to pick up, you know, someone like Jamara Uwehagen or Sam Darcy in case English does go down and they get an uptick. But yeah, like like I said, there's only a few. Not clubs many that options, have, really. Yeah, is there? there's only a few clubs that have clear handcuffs. So yeah, we went through every club there. That's pretty pretty impressive by us. But uh, yeah, so that's the other one there. So like I said, maybe handcuffs not the way to go, f- depending on who you've got as your number one ruck. 
you might be better off just trying to pick up, you know, a number one, a lesser number one rucker, number one club as your backup. So, like, I think we've got Brisbane in there as well. So, Oscar McInerney. Well, that's pretty, yeah, on, yeah. Obviously, and then they've got um, Henry, Henry Smith as well. Who's the extra long guy that they play up there? Oh. Um, he was at Central Districts for ages. Four. Yeah, Darcy Four, that's one. I knew if I said the sample team, you'd know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Darcy Four is the other one that yeah. probably jumps in to uh, help him there. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, like I said, very hard, clear cut handcuffs in the AFL at the moment. So, you know, take that with a pinch of salt and try to find something there that will work it out. Anyway, uh, that's pretty much a wrap time. I reckon we're almost going to get to 40 minutes out of this one. So, oh, we've done all right. Yeah, we've it out there. done pretty well there. I'm happy with that one. So, well done to you. You've uh, managed to uh, pad this one out. And uh, yeah, thanks to our listeners for listening. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, make sure you get around our membership program. Uh, everything supports the uh, podcast and keeps it going into the future because there's absolutely no way I keep this podcast alive without the members supporting it. So, uh, thank you to those people who have signed up and uh, yeah if you're if, if you're not signed up and you feel like you want to support the podcast please do so but also get around us on our socials uh, at Keeper League Pod on Facebook Twitter Instagram TikTok YouTube um, everything at the moment and Tommy where can people find you on the socials uh, Twitter I have absolutely no use for it at the moment um, but you can find me there I think it's Tom M Wyman you've been off it for so long you haven't really realised it's rebranded to X yeah yeah it's X yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably the no. last time you tweeted it was Twitter yeah though. it probably was to be honest <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, but yeah uh, I think Tom M Wyman you'll find me on most yeah. things read your local paper what's your local paper Florio Sun Florio so Sun. down in Victor Harbour so right, if you're down that way buy a copy you won't find much AFL fantasy stuff in it but yeah. Uh, maybe yeah. you could have some. Maybe if you need a ride. Well, maybe. Looking for some extra cash. So, yeah, it might be, uh, it might be handy. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, so make sure you buy a copy of that. Support the paper if you're ever in the area. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much it. You can find me at HefKL on X as well. All right. Thanks. That's it for another week. Uh, I think I have Ks on. At this stage, I've got Ks on next week to talk about some forwards. So, should be good fun. But thank you, Tommy, for coming on. No worries. Always a pleasure. And listeners, we will talk to you soon.